They didn't show name it, and uh, they say it ain't easy being greedy. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jeff fans. Jeff fans. Jeff fans. Jeff fans. Very passionate. Bird, Bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jeff fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Dolphins sucks. Don't want number leave. everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast broadcasting to you as always from beautiful amazing picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined on a weekly basis by my colleague and co-host, the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas. His name is Michael LeGarry. Jet fans, Jet fans, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. All right, we're coming off loss, but guess what, Mike? Guess what? It was an L, but it's one of those very rare productive L's, and I'll get into why in a moment. Uh, Mike, you're with your wife, though. I want to get into this. You watched the game with her. You were in Houston with a bunch of brony Texan fans. How did that go? Now, is everyone polite when you watch the games down there? Was your wife giving you a hard time? Was the Texans fans giving you a hard time? How was the experience? Let the fans know. I was fine. The wife was good. She was checked from time to time. I was really with my dad and my mom and, um, and my kids watching the game. I didn't really go. We were supposed to go out to, to the jet bar, but we ended up just staying home. But the wife was, she said in the end, the better team won. And she thought that the young quarterback, our young quarterback played pretty well. She was actually pretty impressed with them. All right, well, it was nice for her to check in once in a while on the games. And she claims to be a football fan and a Texan fan. Let her know this. If she's not going to watch the games, especially when they play the Jets, if she's not paying attention, just stop pretending like you're a Texan fan. Then take the jersey off and just go do something else. That's what I'm going to say to her. <laughs> well, I got I to give her credit because she was busy watching the children so I could watch the game. Oh, well, fair enough. Does. You know what? That, yeah. that's, the, that's, the ba- that's the balance in marriage that you need to have a successful marriage. So kudos to her. I take everything back I just said. I'm sorry about that, Tabitha. But <laughs> let's get to the game. Mike, I think that like what I was saying to you, I was at the game. Uh, my, da- my dad actually didn't come to the game with me. Weather wasn't oh. going to be amazing, so my sister filled in last minute. She went to a game with me for the first time in God knows how long. Um, and... All right, we lost the game. At the end of the game, the way they came back, pretty much threw the ball to Hopkins the whole day, and I had no answer for him throughout the day, the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. I, we, we lost to a team that is a better team than us. They had to fight to beat us, and it's one of the better defenses in the league. And Sam looked, to me, he looked really, really good this week, Mike. His numbers are pretty good. You're going to get into that in a moment. You know, McGuire couldn't, couldn't really get anything done running the ball, but with that front in our defensive line, that's not that surprising. Anderson had a good day again. Herndon didn't have too many catches, but still had some yards, 53 yards, Mike. I think overall, you know, forget about moral victories, who cares? But a really good team, one of the best teams, the two-seed right now in the AFC, came into our building, and they had to fight down to almost the very end of the game to win this game, Mike. Sam Darnold played good. There is some positive to take away, even though we took another loss. Darnold really was the star that was shining the brightest during this game. He was the best offensive player rallying a ragtag unit to almost an improbable victory. Uh, The quarterback demonstrated the ability to make everybody better and that's something that we all look for in leaders and great players. He's not great yet, but you can see the traits starting. Consider his, his supporting cast. 
He had a third string running back in Elijah McGuire, a second string center in Jonathan Harrison, a second string right tackle in Brent Quale, a kick returner at wide receiver in Andre Roberts. Despite all of those deficiencies, he threw for 253 yards, including 66 yards and one touchdown on throws outside of the pocket. Nice. He had the highest PFF grade of any quarterback last week. Sam Darnold did. Did he and really, he, Mike? Wow, look did. at that. I did not even know that. That's tremendous. He did. And his total QBR was 88.4 compared to 72.4 for Watson. So he actually outplayed Watson in a loss. And the past two games, including the comeback victory against the Buffalo Bills, he has a 93.7 passer rating. 423 passing yards, three touchdowns, one interception, 65% completion percentage, 45 yards, rushing yards. He's been sacked three times with one game-winning drive. Keith, we did lose, but the young quarterback looks like he's coming into his own. One more I want to throw at you is that he completed passes to nine different Jets this weekend, which is one of the most impressive stats. You know, when you look at the good quarterbacks... Um, and the guys that really managed to get it done in this league, Mike, obviously having great receivers. If you're on the Steelers and you have Juju and you have uh, Antonio Brown, all right, you're going to throw the ball to them. But say you have a team like the Jets where maybe the talent level isn't there and you have a Robbie who can break some catches, uh, you know, here and there. But, you know, the most effective quarterbacks in the league, Mike, they're able to spread the ball around. They're able to get the ball to whoever is the open receiver on the get-given play. Not just, not just eyeball one guy down. And that's what Sam was able to do this weekend. He completed the pass to Matthews, Leggett, Tomlinson, Curse, Andre Roberts, Cannon, McGuire, Herndon, and Robbie Anderson. So that's really impressive. Nine different receivers Sam hit. He's 24 for 38, like you said. Past two weeks since he came back from that little hiatus uh, with the injury after he had a really bad game with the four interceptions. He went out for three weeks there. Came back since he's come back. He's looked focused. He's been on point. I don't know what happened when he was away, but he came back and played two really, really good defenses. The Bills in Houston, he's going to go up against two lesser defenses these next two weeks in the Packers and the Patriots. He might be able to get even more done, Mike, because Houston and the Bills are no joke. No joke on defense. And both games, he looked competent, didn't look rushed, especially against the Bills. He made one of the best throws he's made all season. So, you know, things are looking up, and I'm really, really happy with Sam. I'm really happy with how he's looked since he's come back. He said he's more confident. He says the game looks like it's slowing down a little bit for him. He said the time it took that he watched Josh McCown go through his progressions, go through preparing for the game, it really, really helped him. And uh, I think at the time during against Miami Dolphins when he threw four interceptions, I think he really was at a place where he just needed a, a mental break and kind of regroup. You know, he is only 21 years old. And it, you could see the progress. The, 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 the quarterback looks like he's taking a step forward. And he outplayed essentially both Josh Allen and Deshaun Watson facing. Now he's going to face Aaron Rodgers next week. And that, I think, I'm glad Aaron Rodgers is going to play because Sam will get to play against one of the best there is. This week will be Rodgers. The following week will be Tom Brady. So that'll be that'll be some good education for him right there and what the elite quarterbacks in this league look like, how they operate. I know Rodgers maybe has um, a little bit of an issue with the groin, Mike, but he's got, he said he's going to play and you have to like that, and what you want to see is, in the future, you know, a trait like Rodgers this week who's banged up. He knows the games don't matter, but he still wants to play because he knows he gets paid a ton of money. That's what you do. You know, you don't you don't say, ah, who cares, only a few games left. 
And I know he's, I think he's 34 or 35 Rodgers now, but I, I like that. I like that from him, and I'm happy he's going to play also. That should be good. And before we get into more of that Packer game, Mike, we're going to get into a few other things. We got the Jabroni of the Week. We got news and notes. And let's go through some of these highlights from last week. There's some good moments. Want to get a game review in off another positive game. Even though it was a loss, a positive game, some good highlights, some good points. Let's break it down. Week 15 of the NFL, New York Jets. Let's go. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. On Saturday afternoon, mid-December 2018, the New York Jets would look to host the Houston Texans at the Meadowlands. In pursuit of a playoff berth, the Texans would take the field. Out of the gate, the Jets were forced to pump because of a 10-yard sack by J.J. Watt who inflicted on Sam Darnold. This matchup already was a nightmare scenario becoming realized. The Texans would move the ball on their first offensive series. Deshaun Watson hits DeAndre Hopkins for 18 yards, putting them right up on the door, first and 10 on the Jets 12. Henry Anderson would get one of his first three sacks, forcing the Texans to kick a field goal early in the first quarter. The Jets after this would get the ball and go 13 plays for 67 yards. McGuire to the right for five. Darnold scrambles up for seven and a first down. Dozier would then commit a holding penalty. To put the Jets back at 1st and 20 from the Houston 34, Sam Darnold, though, would fire a deep pass to Robbie Anderson for 18 yards. These are the plays that will win you games, overcoming the faults of others to position the team to score. They would end up tying the game at 3 on a 26-yard field goal by Jason Myers. Henry Anderson, three sacks. You know, he's been up and down this year. Beginning of the year was a beast. Middle of the year kind of faded. Has looked good again recently. Big time pass up. I just want to. I just want to get to that. I didn't want to skip past Henry and mention that earlier. And Hopkins, you know that first drive they had the Texans that continued the whole day. 170 yards, two touchdowns. We had no answer for him, but I am happy to see that in this game, Pro Bowl kicker. That's right. We'll get into it right now, Mike. I was gonna wait till afterwards, but Jamal Adams, Jason Myers, Andre Roberts, all Pro Bowlers this year. Give it up for him. What an ABG crowd. Blow it up. I'm so we proud. We're going to get to them. I'm so proud of them. So, what you were just talking about with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Deep ball. The Texans would come right back. Deep balls. Back-to-back plays to Hopkins. One on Tremaine for 27 yards and another on Clay Bowen for 11. Here's where I noticed Tremaine Johnson was playing off of Hopkins to start out. And it seems like he doesn't trust his speed. Usually when you see cornerbacks give that much of a buffer, it seems that they're not trusting their own speed. And I also noticed that the Texans were dictating the matchups that Hopkins was to, so they put Hopkins on, on uh, you know, they met, put him on the left side of the field and Tremaine Johnson was covering him and then they would put him in the slot and then they would put him on Claiborne. And I feel as a Jet coach, the defensive strategy that Todd Bowles should be instilling, he should not have the Texans dictating those matchups. He should be dictating the matchups. And I was kind of troubled by that, just another feather in the hat to fire Todd. Yeah, that's just good coaching by the Texans there, getting their best player in a mismatch with the other team. If you have, I mean, Tremaine Johnson, for all his warts and for all the bad plays he's had this season, he's still the guy, Mike, that I'd like to line up across from Hopkins more than anyone else that we have on our team right now. You know, more than Claiborne, more than anyone else. And if he's going to play that far back off, I know his season's been a tough season. He's played good recently, like we mentioned. He's been on the rise at the second half of the season, Mike. But a guy like Hopkins, I I just think sometimes... 
you know, when you're against the Hopkins, sometimes, I guess, maybe not ODB, because guys like to get physical with him, because he does lose his emotions. Hopkins doesn't like that. If you get physical with him, he can out-physical you. If you play tight with him, he can blow right by you, and he doesn't drop a ball. So, I think maybe sometimes guys like him, maybe the corners play a little too carefully. Maybe, and yeah. And what ends up happening when you do that is, if you, oh, he, he'll say, okay, he'll take the inside routes, he'll take the seven, eight, nine-yard gains. Maybe try to turn him into more. And then, if you, then if you try to play him too close, like he did a few times there, uh, when they played press coverage on him and we was in the slot a few times, they went deep when they did that. So it's kind of a lose-lose when someone's that good. You're right. Absolutely. And he's one of the best there is in the game. So the Texans would end up sc- uh, kicking a field goal going up 6-3 with 12 minutes to go in the second quarter. On the ensuing possession, Elijah McGuire would do this. Draw play. McGuire fumbled the football. And it looks like Houston recovers. <sighs> Mistakes oh like my this. God. Will kill Elijah, me. we're trying our best. We're trying our best here to give you a chance. Crowell's hurt to give you the reins. I know you're playing Houston, tough team to run on. The least you have to do, though, is hold on to the ball. I'm telling you. And right after that, what do the good teams do? They capitalize on turnovers. Texans would take advantage. Hopkins would get a 45 yard bomb touchdown. And they would, and the Texans would then go up on the Jets. The Jets would go three and out on the next possession. Sam would look to strike deep to Roberts, Andre, uh, Andre Roberts, but it would be incomplete. They would go three and out. At this point, we're looking like it maybe end up being a blowout. With four minutes to go to halftime, Texans would add to their lead on it with a field goal to go up 16 to three. Sam Darnold would now take the offense by the horns to look to make, give Gan Green the best drive of the night. Darnold scrambles to the right for 10. He completes to Herndon for 16. Again to Herndon for 12, displaying a constant cadence of the offense, delivering first downs at will. Shell would make a false start to almost stall the drive, but Sam will come right back to hit Leggett for 8 yards and then go deep to Robbie for 26, putting the Jets in first and goal on the Houston 5. Darnold takes the snap. Darnold on third down. Looking towards the Touchdown. end zone. Touchdown, Andre Roberts. Touchdown. <laughs> Did you see that drive right there, Keith? He we had a false start to hold us back. We he, we had already started deep in our territory. Darnold showed the ability to push the offense down the field and even overcome the long first and twenties. Yeah, it seemed like we were trying our trying our best to stall that drive out here and there. You know, Shell who, beginning of the year, Mike, I know he's one of the guys that you liked and played well. The second half of the year hasn't played as well. Has had some had some uh, penalties here and there. But Sam overcame him. Sam, big-time pass to Robbie there. I mean, that's the, that, the past two weeks, him and Robbie have found that connection again, that chemistry again. Not only just is he targeting him, but he's completing passes to him in very tight windows for big-time gains. And that's kind of what you look for from the really good quarterbacks, too. And, um, you know, you go it's 16-9 at this point. You're thinking, okay, we're in the game. Sam just went right down the field on these dudes. I know that Houston has a really good team, but you have to like how the Jets are playing. You have to like how they bounce back, and you have to like how they fired back on the Texans on this drive, Mike. Talking about fired back, at the start of the second half, the defense came out firing. Watson got sacked on back-to-back plays, one from Jordan Jenkins for his seventh, and Henry Henry Anderson's second of the day. 
the Jets would get the ball back, back up against a tremendous defensive line. This glimpse into a potential greatness from Sam, we could see right here. Sam fires down the sideline to Robbie Anderson for 20 yards and a first down, putting the Jets in Houston territory. Cannon to the left for eight. McGuire to the right for 14. Third and five from the Houston 14. Darnold has the time, pulls it down. Throws, touchdown <laughs> Jets, Robbie Anderson. <laughs> that was terrific. Oh, and there he goes again, Mike. Two huge plays to put the Jets at 16 to 15. Another missed extra point for Jason Myers. But they, Sam and the Jet offense are right back in the game. But I just want to mention something here too, Mike. These two missed extra points, they did dictate at the end of the game how Houston went about their drives. And it did actually cost us big time them having to go for, you know, if we would have had those two extra points, we would have been within a field goal range late and said he had to go for a touchdown. And he's been Pro Bowl level. That's his only really bad game and blip on the radar this year. But it put the Jets in a tough spot not having those two points. That's true. The defense would stiffen up after this. There would be back-to-back -back three and out possessions for both the Jets and the Texans. It wasn't until Watson found Carter for a 50-yard reception that would put the Texans to go ahead and score a field goal to put them up 19-15 to at the start of the fourth quarter. The drive was ultimately stopped by this. Jets showing pressure. And everybody's coming. Set. Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams continues. You know his name. The, the only person on the defense this year that probably deserves the New Jack City moniker deserves the respect, the respect of New Jack City, this wonderful city, Gotham City, greatest city in the world. He's the only man that lived up to it, I think, this year. And flashes, Henry Anderson, our boy, uh, oh, Avery Williamson has too a little bit here and there. But all season long, Jamal Adams getting it done, Mike. Big time sack here. Absolutely. And this is the stuff that fires up the rest of the team. And the offense would come out and ensue to begin to strike. Darnold hitting Elijah for nine, scrambling for three and a first down, hitting Herndon for 25 yards to put the Jets in Houston territory. Darnold hits Anderson for 14 yards, fourth and one from the Houston 25. Sam out of shotgun hits Robbie Anderson for six yards to get a first down. This was a critical play at a critical time by a rookie quarterback. He then follows it up with a 14-yard scramble to put the Jets on the five-yard line, second and goal from the Houston two. McGuire. Trying to find a crease, pushing. pushing the pile, still pushing. He's in there. <laughs> no signal yet. Touchdown, Jets. Elijah McGuire and took the entire jet. It looked like the entire jet offensive line just picked him up and carried him into the end zone. Yeah, Mike, I was going to say, you want to talk about a team effort on a touchdown. He ran into a pile, looked like it was stopped, kept his legs moving, and then about every offensive lineman on the team, I think people ran in from the bench, the water boy, strength and conditioning coach ran out there. Everybody was in that pile, pushing him into the end zone. That's just effort, and that's just the team wanting it more than the other team on that individual play. I was really happy for McGuire to get in there. Didn't have a great day, but fought for the tough yards, got a big-time touchdown. This was another drive. It wasn't a game-winning drive, but it was under six minutes to go. In the fourth quarter, the young rookie was able to take them down and put the Jets in the lead. Unfortunately, the Texans would come right back on that Jet defense, exploiting matchups with with Hopkins. And there was a play there, Keith, that I wanted to discuss with you. It was second and seven. Watson hits Hopkins for seven to get a first down. 
but I don't think it was a first down. And Bowles did not challenge the call. If they had, it would have been stopped and it would have been third and one. And if they had stopped them there, essentially they may not have gotten that touchdown to go up. Do you know which play I'm talking about? I do know which play you're talking about. And Mike, it's just one of these deals where there's been enough of those situations before this podcast, in this conversation right now, in this moment right now with Todd Bowles. They were already kind of over him and his decision making in those situations. It hasn't been great. That didn't look like a first down. They showed the replay. Should have challenged it. He didn't challenge it. And right. once once again, it comes back to bite him. Yes, and they ended up. The Jets ended up losing this game. Uh, Texans would score a field goal. Uh, the Jets would try to go ahead and push for a score, and the result of the game ended up twenty nine to twenty two. And the Jets would lose to one of the best teams in the AFC. But they did fight very hard in this game, and it was good to see them not quit. Yeah, and a lot of good plays by Sam. Uh, these past two weeks have been good tests for him, going against defenses that put a lot of pressure on him. And, you know, especially the Bills, man. The Bills really know how to uh, – really, Bills are really good against the pass. I mean, in Houston, too, it's another great defense, one of the better defenses in the league. They really get to the quarterback, put a lot of pressure on him, get sacks. Um, but in this game, it was a little different. We were down, we went ahead, then we blew the lead. So, you know, they fought back from a deficit. Sam looked good. The defense – did what it did all year long, Mike. Looks good some drives. The next drive, team goes right down the field on us. So, uh, you know, we got plenty of holes to fill on defense, plenty of holes to fill on offense. But I do think all things considered with the talent level that Sam had and that he's had all year and what he went up against, you got you to give Sam um, a big-time thumbs-up in this game and you got to feel good about the way it looks like he's closing this season out. Absolutely. All right, so that's Jets Houston's, everyone. We didn't win, but hey. We played good, Sam played good, a lot of positives to take from it. Now we're going to get into the most anticipated segment in the history of sports podcasting. You all know it. It's Michael Agaris's News and Notes. It is now time for... Hello, what's up everybody? Mike's. You're a professional. I'm a professional. News and... Devastation to the locker room. Notes. It's the home of the Jets! So Sam last two games has looked very good and I wanted to go ahead and look at how Sam has been playing compared to his contemporaries the other I'm not going to use Lamar Jackson since Lamar Jackson has played less games many less games than all the rest of these quarterbacks Um, so just looking at Josh Allen Josh Rosen and Baker Mayfield uh, some some analysis to look at what type of situations these quarterbacks have been playing in and what type of situations Sam Darnold has been playing in. So, okay. first, the team percentage of first and second down carries resulting in no gain or less. So, you know, being starting off and just not being able to run the ball. The league average is 19% of the plays. Uh, Josh Rosen, 16.4% plays so he they actually get to run the ball pretty well on first and second down uh josh josh allen is 19.6 percent baker mayfield 23.9 and sam darnold 24.8 so sam darnold has the least amount of success on runs for first and second down of any of the rookies turnovers on offense by teammates sam darnold six averages six baker five Josh Allen, zero, and Josh Rosen, three. Passes dropped. The league average is 3.2%. Josh Rosen, 3.5%. Allen, 3.2%. Baker Mayfield, 3.4%. 
and Sam Darnold, 3.68%, almost 3.7%. Clearly, most of the pass of all the quarterbacks, his his players drop them the most, and they also turn it over the most, and they also have no success the most of all these quarterbacks as we go on. Percent of passes plays on third and fourth down that are 10 plus. So, so on third down or fourth down, it's third and 10, right? Or more, third and 12, third and 15, right? So Baker Mayfield is 13.3%. Josh Rosen, 12.64%. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. Baker Mayfield, 8.7%. Josh Allen, 12%. Josh Rosen, 9%. Sam Darnold, 13.3%. So he usually is in third and 10 or longer, more than any of the other rookies. Average third down yards to, to go on pass plays. Uh, Sam Darnold is eight, has the highest at 8.49. Offensive line ranking by PFF. Uh, Baker Mayfield has the number three ranked offensive line. Rosen has the worst, 32. Oh. And yeah, he, his is the worst. And then Allen's is 23 and Sam Darnold's is 26. So he has the second worst offensive line of all the rookies. And skill position starters with a Pro Bowl appearance. Josh Rosen has two, Allen has one, Mayfield has one, and Darnold has none. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you explain all of those stats like that, I mean, it just illustrates a picture for you of the lack of talent on the Jets right now, the lack of talent on the offensive line, and the lack of talent at just skill positions, uh, people being able to make plays on their own, and it's it's really, you know, it's really it's like, incredible. It's, it's, really, it's, it's incredible, <laughs> it's like every single one of those stats is, um, you know, and none of, those, none of those stats that you just mentioned are of Sam's doing, those are, those are of other players um, on the team. Yeah. And it just goes to show you how low all those guys are ranked and how much that maybe is affecting his performance that we can't even realize right now. Right. I mean, he literally has one of the worst offensive lines. His patch, his catchers can't catch the ball. His running backs don't have any success on first and second downs. His third and long all the time, which creates an easy situation for the defense to key off on the quarterback. I mean, he's literally in the worst position of any of the four quarterbacks despite that. He has the second best passer rating of the four quarterbacks. But Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield at a 93, I believe, and Sam Darnold at 72. No, uh, Baker Mayfield 92.6 passer rating, and Sam Darnold 72.8, and Rosen and Allen are both sub six uh, in the 60s. All right, Mike. You know what I want to do now, and I mean, no, like always, you come and deal with tidbits of information, and no one, no one knows how you get these stats. I know you put these these interns through the ringer, combing the internet for every single scrapling of stats, Mike. You do a great job every week. Now I want to get into the jabroni of the week. Hey, BG. Jabronis. Jabronis. Jabroni. Jabroni of the week. You keep using this word jabroni, and it's awesome. All right, Mike. The jabroni of the week this week is an organization known as the National Football League as a whole. And what I mean, Mike, and why I'm I'm targeting them this week. As the jabroni of the week is, the Jets of the Giants, week 16 and 17 of the NFL season, will once again, Mike, both be playing at the same time. Now, this has happened four other times this year already, meaning in the 2018 football season, there'll be six times in the same year the Jets and the Giants play at the same time. Now, why does that bother me? Why is that irritating? For a couple reasons. One, 
you, all, all our friends who are the Jets or Giants fans, and when the games are on at the same time, it kind of splits the audience. They're going to watch their game. We're going to watch our game. Um, it's a lot of fun to enjoy the games together. Maybe make a day of it. You know, I like to watch the Giant game because it's the only thing that's on a lot of times. I saw this stat, Mike, and it's, I, I read this and it just mind-boggled me. Between 1985 and 2008, the Jets and the Giants played at the same time. Not once. Between 1995 and 2008, they never played in the same time slot, 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, or any other time you could possibly play, ever one time. It happened once, it happened twice in 2009, only because of things that um, were kind of outside the control of the NFL, but starting 2012 became more common for them to both play, both play at the same time, both play at 1 o'clock, I should say, at the last game of the season, but if you remember, Mike, the last game of the season, teams always play at the same time so that everything's set up for the playoffs for everyone to kind of be right. on the same playing field, but the reason... The NFL has them playing at the same time now. Is obviously, neither team is doing that good. Neither team has been flexed up to the primetime games. But a bigger picture thing, the bigger reason why they do this, the reason the NFL is the jabroni of the week, Mike, and why I'm going on and on about this, is that the NFL has been using a philosophy called cross-flexing. You know, there's been AFC games on Fox, NFC games mm-hmm. on CBS, right, Mike? They kind of flipped it up. And the NFL's philosophy is that they'd rather have New York have their game at the same time so that when another time slot comes around, say 4 o'clock, they have that big New York audience and they have two different games on for them to watch. Instead of just having one game on, which would be maybe the Giants or the Jets, and have the game split. So that's the NFL's philosophy. That's their approach. So basically, the NFL's like, well, it doesn't really make a difference to fans of New York. Who cares what they think? Who cares how annoying this is to have them both on at the same time? They're just more obviously concerned with the bigger picture, which is much more important than just the city of New York. But there's two teams in our city, and forever they didn't play at the same time, just because it makes sense for you not to have the same, have a, you know, teams in the same city play at the same time, and because of money, because of the bottom line, because of this cross-flexing, now it's going to happen six times in the same season. I did not know that. Thank you for educating me on yeah, this. Yeah, that's, that's crazy, right? That is that's crazy. <laughs> I never even thought about that. You, you know, that's, from a business standpoint, that's what they're thinking. It's a, such a large media market. Why not play them in the same slot so we have more viewers to watch our product on the West Coast or whichever? Exactly. Like, where you would think, well, the Jets and the Giants, why would you take that market and split it at the same time and have them... Well, and they're thinking, all right, no, well, the Jets and the Giants, if they're on the same time, Giants fans are going to watch their game. Jets fans are going to watch their game at one. And then instead of going to the 4 o'clock game or only one game beyond because they block out all the... Besides the local games, they block the games out. There's two games on now for them to reap ratings from. So now there's... There's the Jets and the Giants on, and there's two more games on in the afternoon, and the NFL gets an entire new viewing audience for at least one more slot. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. Week 16 of the NFL, the New York Jets up against the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, who's going to limp out there, get the job done, or at least he thinks he's going to get the job done with the New York Jets this weekend. As you know, me and Michael are involved in one of the most intense, difficult, amazing fantasy football leagues that's ever been created in the history of mankind. I won't go into detail. However, my quarterback is Aaron Rodgers, Mike, so I'm in a tough position. I cannot root for the Jets to do bad. I have to root for the Jets to whoop up on them. And I have to get points from other guys because when you're sitting there and you're watching your team play, that's above fantasy. It's above everything else, above all that nonsense. It's about the New York Jets. Right. And they come in. The Packers come in, you know, not that they have controversy, they're 5-8-1. Obviously an underwhelming year for them. you got Joe Philbin in there as interim coach. I, I'm not exactly sure what they're going to be bringing when we play them, Mike. The Packers, they have Aaron Rodgers. 
They have Devontae Adams. The rest of their receivers have not been able to get on the same page with Rodgers most of the year. Jimmy Graham, obviously, is kind of washed up. Aaron Jones is injured now. Um, their defense overall, you know, the 16th in points, 23.7 a game. Yards, they're 10th. They only give about 370 mm-hmm. a game. Passing, they're not bad. They're in the top 10 in passing, but you can run the ball on them a little bit. And their offense has come in not usual Green Bay Packer offense here, Mike. I mean, they're still top 10 in passing yards. Rushing yards, they're decent. But when it comes to Aaron Rodgers this year and his stats, he's not turning the ball over at all. It's almost ridiculous. Uh, only two interceptions on the whole season. But him and his receivers, it doesn't seem like Mike Dave, he has the same cohesion with his receivers this year as he's had in past years. A bunch of new guys this season he's had to get used to. And the Packers are not as frightening or as intimidating a team as they used to be. I think they're not. I don't. I don't put them that much further ahead of the Jets right now. And so far as overall um, talent level, I really don't. I don't think they're that much better than the Jets. I just think they have one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Um, they have a really good receiver and they have some okay players on defense. But I don't know. I don't think it's out that realm of possibility, Mike. For us, I think we're going to win this. Oh no, yeah. I mean, we're pretty close. It's actually pretty scary how similar we are the yards rushing they're at 106.7 we're at 105.1 passing they're at 287 we're at 206 they have a big delta there but pass yards allowed they're giving up about 250 we're giving up 260 rush allowed they're giving up 124.1 we're giving up 125.9 i mean it's very very similar in the last five opponents they have a loss to chicago a win against the falcons and then three losses arizona they lost to, to Josh Rosen at home, Minnesota and Seattle, and we've also lost four uh, four out of our last five. So, you know, looking at the statistics, looking at the record, uh, it's definitely not out of the possibility for the Jets to take a win this week, and I know that would hurt our draft position. I'm definitely understood. Uh, I am someone who's rooting for Sam Darnold and this team to continue to grow. And if they're going, if beating, if beating Aaron Rodgers is going to help with that growth, then so be it. And the thing I can tell Jet fans is we're going to get a top 10 pick no matter what, whether that's number three or whether that's number eight. In the end, yeah. you have to make the right pick. Look, we have the quarterback already. That's why you want to tank. If you want to tank for anything, you want to tank to get a quarterback. After that, if you're picking in the top 10, it's up to the GM to make the right choice and pick a good guy. There are tons of players that are picked at number five, number six, number four, and they're not really that good. So let's not worry about draft position. Let's worry about the most valuable and most important part of our team, and that's this young quarterback and the young players that are surrounding him that may be building for the future. So I'm I'm looking for hopefully a win. There's going to be some. Uh, I I believe that the that Sam will have an easier time against this defense. So I'm hoping that he goes out and continues to play. Uh, I'm actually going to start him in my DFS pool uh, this week. He's pretty. He's the cheapest okay. one of the cheapest quarterbacks out there. So uh, I'm going to go on a limb and go with Sam. I haven't done that yet in my dailies. So I'm going to play him. And for you, I wish you best of luck in your championship game for the SCFL. And I hope Aaron Rodgers, you know, I hope you win, but I hope Aaron Rodgers sucks. <laughs> <laughs> totally understood, Mike. Totally understood. Uh, I, I get that completely. Now, right now, the Jets, we have the third pick in the NFL draft where 
the lowest of the teams uh, that are 4-10, and 10, Mike. So we're number three. Ahead of us, we have Arizona and Oakland. So we'll see how these last two games shake out. But like you said, wherever it is we finish, it's going to be a pretty good pick. We know a lot about picking guys high. Leonard Williams, D. Milner, 6-9. It could be Jabronis at any spot you pick them, you know. Or you could pick a guy... Um, second round, you can pick a guy second round like David Harris. He plays ten years for your team. Oh, oh yeah, look at Darius Leonard. Like, look like at Darius said, Leonard. One of the, yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Another good example. And there's a million examples, and we all know a ton of them. Um, it's really all about scouting. It's really all about to me though this year surrounding Sam with as many players as you can to get him to the next level. Playmakers, offensive linemen, and just be an all offense draft. Jonah Williams, I'm hearing, might go number one to Arizona considering how bad their offensive line is if they keep losing wow. games. So we might not get him, but, you know, I just want offensive linemen, Mike. I want speed. I want really speedy players. I want guys that can, you know, take a short pass, break it 60 yards, do something like that because we don't have enough guys like that on the team right now. And just surround Sam with as many good guys as you can to put him in the best position to win. And regardless if they're picking third or fifth or sixth, it's like you said, it's about who you pick. It's about being smart. And, you know, I'm not, I can't ever root for the Jets to lose. So I hope, they're in there. I hope they go in there this weekend, whoop up on the Packers. Hey, Mike, Mike, if it's a shootout, and, for instance, the Jets happen to give three touchdowns this specific weekend, it's not the end of the world if they still win. But I do think they can take a W. I do think the Packers are a little vulnerable right now. It's not the same Packers as, as the past. And I'll be there this weekend, Mike. I'll have my Jets Santa hat on. I'll send you a picture for the AEBG Instagram. Um, we'll be there with our buddies. We'll have, have a nice little Christmas tailgate in the parking lot. Hopefully, we'll be ringing in the holidays with a W, Mike. That would be lovely. But if not, you just want to see Sam play good. The team keep progressing. Sam keep making good decisions, being smart with the ball. And those will all be still positive so we can get those yes, things done. I want, to thank, I want to thank everybody again for listening to us, for supporting us, for clicking play, for liking us, for tweeting at us, all those wonderful things that you do on social media. And if anybody wants to get in touch with us, Mike, get in touch with you, get in touch with me, get in touch with the production team, or be able to hire out our interns, Mike, where can they reach well, us? Well, everybody knows that we're hosted on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on SoundCloud or iTunes. Please follow us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast, and on Instagram at Jet. You heard the man. That's Mike. I'm Keith. This was the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast. Packers this weekend. Have a wonderful holiday, everybody. We'll get at you next week. All right. Boom. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans are very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans are very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the sucks. I want a number leaver.